Cope, you gave a great example, right? You, at 23 years old, actually fumbled the bag. Mm. You would have bounced back because you went to the number one business school in the world that being Wharton, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> You're never gonna learn until you lose money. And now that you lost money, it's like, you know what? Let me use this as a lesson. Bad, bad, all Pull up in the tribe like I didn't miss my look with Fago. Stack my money up like Lego. What up, everybody? It's your boy Brandon Copeland, aka Professor Cope. It's your boy Ross Mack of Economics. And you are now tuned in to another episode of Money Music Culture, otherwise known as Double MC. I'm excited, man, as always, to see my boy Ross. You looking healthy, man. Hey. You've been lifting? Hey man, I don't know if it's the baby weight or what, man. I ain't been I ain't been lifting, I've been eating though. You know what I'm saying? It's, I've been okay. eating good. You okay. Did? I feel you. I feel you, man. Well, it's it's good to see you as always, man. Um, you know, first and foremost, obviously, before we even, you know, get into the money, get into the the reason why everybody's here, let's keep them waiting a little bit, just a little bit. What's on your mind today, right? One of the best things that I, I uh, learned during my internship at UBS, Union Bank of Switzerland, for those who don't know, uh, every single morning we used to come in as sales and trading interns, and the question we were asked was, how do you plan to make money today? And it was training us to think the mindset is every single day, there's a way to make money. We just got to find our way. So when I asked you that, how do you plan on making money today? Where's your mind at? I mean, that's the that's the that's the goal every day. Right. I wake up and figure out mm. how can I make more money? And, you know, especially when you're doing day trading, it's always an opportunity. Right. It's a bull market somewhere. No matter if the entire market is down, there's something going up. Right. And, you know, today I looked, I saw Elon tweeted something, uh, which caused the stock to go down, but the stock opened up down like 4%. I looked at it and I was able to say, you know what, let me go ahead and get in right now. I bought some calls, made like four racks. Then when it got to the top, I, I, I sold that, took the bread, bought puts, made money on the way down, made like 1700 right there. And so the idea in general is that there's always opportunity to make money. But the best part is in the Macanomics Club is we showing everybody how to make you know make money together and it was crazy we was talking about it you know how everybody's now starting to get into crypto and the biggest thing is the FOMO right everybody don't want to miss out on the next Dogecoin or the next Shiba coin right and we were just talking about how crazy uh in terms of really running off on the plug it was the squid game coin the coin literally went up to from you know like one cent all the way up to twenty six hundred dollars then came down to zero um, and the, the actual people who invented it literally ran off with like $3 million. One of the, <laughs> the greatest scams in the most recent, <laughs> in recent history. Bruh, the crazy thing is the scams are just online now, like right in front of your face. Yeah. And I think mean, there's actually a coin that the acronym for it was scam. Like it, the, the, it was the scam coin and people were actually throwing their money behind it. So I think the, the bigger lesson here is like, yeah, there are meme stocks and there's ways to make money off of the trends and just social media and, and 2021's version of marketing, right? Yeah. And highlighting different things. But you also got to just protect yourself as an investor Man. and understand the difference between gambling and investing 100%. when it comes to your money, you know? Hey, it's your boy, Ross Mack, and I need you to stop what you're doing right now and subscribe to Money Music Culture and also go ahead and share the wealth. Share with your auntie, cousins, and your friends. That's the crazy thing with these new kids on Reddit, 
right? Where it's like, you know what? YOLO, right? You only live once. They just going to put all their money in the stock, right? Where you saw kids buying GameStop when GameStop was over three, 400 bucks. They missed out on that, right? They lost on that. And now, you know, people like, yo, I want to get the next Doge or the next Shiba coin. And they look up and Squid Game coin, literally. Can you imagine buying a coin for $2,600 only to see 10 minutes later, not 20, not 30, 10 minutes later, it went down to zero where I would have been high. Mm. Because you can't find Look. nobody. It's not like you could go, you know, pull up to the bank like, yo, who got my money? It's like, nah, I'll be I'll be tight. So yeah. it's important, man, when you're investing, like Cope just said, man, know the difference between investing and, you know, gambling, right? Speculating, right? Because you got to do your research. I always look at, you know, crypto in general with always saying invest money that you're willing to lose, right? And I think that if you go into it with that mindset, you'll have better outcome, right? You won't be biting your nails on pins and needles, like, oh, it went down 20%, like, nah. You know, if this is the, if you did your proper due diligence, you would know, like, that's how volatile the marketplace is. Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's you know, just piggybacking on that, it's like, in Maconomics Club, right, and, and my goal for my students with Life 101 is like, I don't want them to look back and be able to claim, if someone would've only told me, if I would've only known better, right? Like, if I'm the person that got in a squid game coin at 2600 bucks and I just lost all my money. Mm. That's on me. Yeah. Like I, I don't really have anybody else to blame, right? Like you tried to take a gamble and you got burnt, right? You tried to take a bet and you got burnt and it's unfair. It sucks. It's unfortunate, but that's we are here to try to do our best job to educate people so that we can understand the difference between investing and gambling. Right and and understanding where we can take chances and risks versus where it's like, hey, nah, let's keep it traditional, let's keep it plain Jane, and let's just make sure that we win over time. Like we bet on history yeah. at, at certain times. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I guess my biggest message with that or, or thought with that, because it's something that I've been constantly telling me myself, because it's when you see things popping, you see, you know meme stocks stocks going crazy and, and stuff like that and and it's easy to see those things happening and feel like you're missing out like ah dang if only i would have jumped in right um it's easy to see sheep go up and see the eight thousand to five point seven billion but sometimes you got to understand that like not everything's for everybody and it's easy to look back on the success stories and feel like dang, I missed out, or I only, I wish I would have done that. But we're not talking about, not too many people are highlighting the horror stories within those things, the, the people who are losing money on the meme stocks and stuff like that. So like you said, it's, it's about investing money that you can afford to lose, but also having the proper mindset going into those types of investments, understanding that like, this ain't, this ain't my, my apple, this ain't yeah. my, my Coca-Cola. This ain't the, the traditional thing that I'm going to buy into and, and let sit for 20 years. Like, I'm taking a risk. I'm really rolling the dice. Yeah. And it's crazy because anytime... So when it comes to investing, right, you got to look at all your money is like, I want to construct the best portfolio, right? These are going to be my safe investments. I want to have more money in my safe investments. I'm going to have my speculative investments. Then I'm going to have some kind of risky, but on, on average, they're going to do well, right? The speculative stuff, you're not trying to put a large chunk of your money in there, right? Portfolio construction is what a lot of money in this country is based on, right? Portfolio allocation. So when you're sitting there making a speculative bet, you're not trying to put the vast majority of your money. You're probably putting five, 
no more than five, ten percent max of your money. And those that's what you do with those coins, right? Because in the investing world outside of crypto, the next, you know, most speculative thing is like venture capital. And that's mm. when investors put their money together and they're trying to make they're trying to find the next big Snapchat, Facebook. Facebook. You know, Amazon, etc. And so they're literally, you know, the the idea is you have a 10% success rate, right? You're gonna try, you're gonna bet on 10 companies, and if one of them hits, right? And when I mean hit, meaning like multi-billion dollar valuation, you're looking at IPOs, you're looking at the next Facebook. That's how their, you know, venture capital are actually, you know, formulating their entire portfolio. Literally, they are mm. hoping for a 10% success rate. 10% success rate is actually going to get them money. And so when you're sitting here putting 100% of your money in Squid Game coin, you smoke. So you always want to, <laughs> you always want to do your work, right? Like talking to your brother, he's like, man, I, I, I try to have some empathy, but like, I hate to say, I told you so, like. You should not mm. get into this game if you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, man. No, I love that. And, and you know, go ahead. I'm going to shout out my, ch my brother, Chad. Yes, sir. Um, One go of ahead, the greatest to do to crypto, man. Shout out, Chad. Yeah. I got to give him credit. He's a little brother, but, you know, he, he has this crystal ball when it comes to this cryptocurrency thing. And, Facts. I mean, he didn't he didn't have my, my net worth going, going crazy. Got me looking at myself different in the mirror like, dang. Okay, so keep 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 up the great work, younger brother. So now, man, we out of warm-up phase. What we all done came here for, I got something for you to listen to, brother. You ready? Man, what you got for me? Press play, man. Let me hear Let's go, man. <laughs> Scooch. Strong talk. Wizard. Fumble it, I get the bag and flip it and tumble it. Straight off the lot, three hundred cash and the car came with it. Right there, I, I want to let it. Ooh. That's hard. You get the bag and fumble it. I get the bag and flip it and tumble it. Hey. Yeah, <laughs> mama. Hey, that's one yeah. of the that's one of the hardest songs. But in the first four or five seconds of the song, it's one of the greatest gems I've ever heard. Mm, what is that? Go ahead, highlight that for me. What would you hear, brother? I get the bag and flip it and tumble it, while instead, you, not taking not taking macronomics or life one on one, you fumble the bag. And so you said some of the dopest things right before this, and shout shout back out to your brother because he's effectively like your business manager, or investor, right? You know, your financial advisor. You a professional athlete. There's a very high percentage of professional athletes that go broke. Entertainers that go broke, the T Pains, the MC Hammers, the shout out my dog Antoine Walkers, right? It don't matter, right? Like money management is real, and so you said something that was dope. It's like, man, my brother really didn't help me build my bag even higher in the crypto space. And so you know, when you get the bag, bro, what's more important? I always tell somebody like, I think making the money is the easiest part, flipping the money. And maintaining the money, I think, is actually the hardest part, right? And I think that in our community, we don't really place that importance on there, right? You know, investing is really the way to actually flip it and tumble it, man. When you hear that, how, how you thinking it? Man, I'm, I'm on the same wavelength as you, right? Like, it's like we 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 are constantly talking about, you know, I'm getting the bag, I'm getting there, I'm, I'm securing the bag, secure the bag, get the bag, get the bag, get the bag. Well, like, all right, well, well. Once you get it, what are you doing with it, right? 
You can do one of you can do one of a few things really, right? Like you can you can like like Migo said, you can fumble it, right? You can trick it off. That might be blowing it in the club. That might be lending too much to friends and family. Um, that might be uh, investing in bad assets. Or that might be literally, I mean, in my opinion, might be just leaving all your bread in the bank or under the mattress, right? Like that, that that's one way to fumble it, to be honest with you, right? Um, the, the other thing is like, like he said, I get the bag and flip it and tumble it, right? Like if you are not putting your money to work for you, and if you are not trying to find ways for your money to go make money, then you will always have to work for your money, right? And yes, you can save up and build a retirement fund, and that's great. But if you haven't gone into retirement with assets that can constantly pay you, then now when you do retire, it's really just a race. And that race being okay, well, I'm pulling from here to live, I'm pulling from here to live. Well, how long can I live? How long does my lifespan go before I've tapped out of this savings account <laughs> that we've called a retirement account before that thing hits zero, right? And so now you might be 70 years old and now you're a little nervous, like, damn, like I'm, I'm spending a little too much money. Where am I going to create income at 70 versus when I'm younger and I have, you know, the 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 ambition i don't want to say 70 yeah. year olds don't have ambition i'm not an ageist over here don't cancel me you know what i'm saying but like ultimately right like nah that's real we working hard today so that later on in life we don't have to work as hard so that's what we want people to see and understand and it's crazy that a club anthem one of your favorite migo songs they start the whole song talking about effectively what we relating to investing Flipping the money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I don't care what you do, right? Like, this is taught, you know, at a very young age, right? Whether you were selling candy in school or in these, in, in, in their world, right, selling drugs, right? At the end of the day, you buying drugs, you make profit, right? And especially if you fronted the drugs, right? Like somebody giving you this on credit. You got to make enough money to pay that person back. And then with your profit, you got to reinvest that in order to make to get more drugs in order to sell it and just keep, you know, flipping and tumbling. The same thing that's happening with all the money you making day in, day out. Right. Like if you're not putting money in and expecting to, to start putting that towards your retirement account, if you're not putting it in your brokerage account, your crypto account, your real estate assets, whatever it is. Right. Like at the end of the day, the eighth one of the world is compounded interest. And what that is, is that your money. Is literally making money for you. Racks on racks, right? Compounded interest on interest on interest, right? And the idea, man, is like when you look up and you, like you said, right? When you 50 years old, 60 years old, you're going to be happy that you started investing earlier, right? I hate always, I, I always hear, you know, older people like, man, I wish I known this younger, right? And don't, and, and one of the things you said earlier is like, look, man, you don't want to be that person. Like, man, I wish I would have known this earlier. Because at the end of the day, we're giving you the game. And the game right now is literally a dollar sitting in your bank account is not making no money, right? Now you ask yourself, how are you trying to flip and, and tumble your bag, right? At the end of the day, starting out crypto. Well, I wouldn't start out with crypto, forgive me. I would start off investing in stocks, right? You got real estate. And then, then right, you can start getting a much more, you know, balanced portfolio. You can have some more speculative assets with your crypto. But at the end of the day, right, the writing's on the wall, right? 
one percent of the stock market owned by black people, right? You just had uh, Aaron Rodgers come out saying, you know what, he teamed up. I want to say with like Crypto.com, where he's like he about to start getting paid in Bitcoin, right? Like the 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 writings on the wall, right? You know, rest in peace, Kobe Bryant. It said that he made a investment in body armor, um, the drink, the sports drink, and his estate now is gonna have work is gonna be worth over four hundred million dollars for that small investment at the time. Mm. Right. The idea is to always be looking, you know, in the future. Right. Like everybody, especially when you're in college, you always say, man, lit, you know, YOLO, carpe diem. You only live once. Let's live it, you know, live life to the fullest. Right. Like I get that. My biggest thing is like I'm always live life to the fullest. But are you prepared if tomorrow comes? Right. Like mm. you literally like, yo, I'm going to live if I because tomorrow not promised. Yada, yada, yada. Let's live it to the fullest. Let's blow money. Yada, yada. But you, if you do wake up. You got less money than you had the day before and you ain't prepared for a day after or the next month or the next year or 10 years from now, 20 years from now, you got to preserve the bag, man. That's one of the, that's one of the the staples, right? And Cope said, man, don't just leave your money. Don't just leave it in the bank, man. It's so, the, 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 it's so much research now that's showing you that your money in the bank is losing its value because of inflation. And more importantly, if you don't know shit, if you don't know nothing about the market at the bare minimum, right, just put your money in the S&P 500. Warren Buffett will tell you, my cousin, he going to let you know, look, just put your money in the bank. I'm sorry, just put your money in the S&P 500 and it's going to lease on average get you 10% each year. 10% annually is really great returns because if you're getting 10% a year in like 20, 30, in like 25, 30 years, if you put 250 $300 in monthly, you'll have over a million dollars. So I want to share a story really quickly. Uh, my rookie year, 2013, I'm NFL player, but I'm also day trading options. And this is when I had to learn the hard lesson of diversifying my portfolio and also understanding leverage and things like that. But I'm blaming Kanye West, man. I went to a Kanye West concert <laughs> and uh, this man put the battery in my back. So I... I it was a profound concert, profound experience. And I, I, we've talked about it before, but the, the concert made me come home thinking like, yo, this is my shot. Uh, in that, that yellow, like, I'm here for a reason. It's for me to bet the entire house, my entire portfolio, and just flip my money. I'm Migo. I'm flipping all my money, my whole account today. So I did a trade that I had done in the past. And one of the things, you know, History repeats itself, however, past performance isn't indicative of future results, right? Especially in the stock market. And so again, I, I copy and pasted a play that I'd done literally three times and just literally double, triple my account. But now this is the end of my rookie year, got a little more money, deposit a little more into the bank, into the brokerage account, and I do it. I'm like, let's get it, let's get it. Ooh, we about to start talking to these coaches greasy after this. Uh, <laughs> so the, you got to tell us later, how much dog, what you was, do. This was $33,000. So my account started with 3000 at the beginning of the year. I was literally tripling, doubling, going crazy. I got it up to, I got it up to about 26 racks. And again, then mind you, this is nice. in four weeks time while playing football, right? It's very so impressive. Had, a, had another little, you know, had something else taking my focus, you know? But we get to the end of the year, and so I go to the Kanye West concert. I'm like, okay, let me take another 20, put it in there. Um, 
and let me make the same play. I tried to invest in these Nike calls. Long story short, a few days later, the entire market was down about 2% because of some stuff happening over in Greece. And I'm like, yo, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. How the hell is Greece affecting Nike today, right? Like everything, the whole market red, bloody. And so literally I lost about $30,000 on that single trade. That offseason, one, I was sick that entire, that entire offseason, right? I'm sitting here trying to sign up for Uber. I'm sitting here trying to find ways to go ahead and out here and hustle. I got to make that 30 back. I'm the type of person, I know I lost this, so I got to go make it back, right? Um, but it taught me a, a valuable lesson uh, in terms of just understanding the things that I have control over versus the things that I don't. And then also about allocating my money appropriately where it's not just a huge bet on a single asset or a single trade, right? That actually is the reason why I started learning about real estate because I realized at that point in time like damn like I have no control over the outcome of this stock that I just picked right so for me with real estate I could understand I could control the color cabinets and the the flooring choices and the color of the walls and if we lose it's on me it's not on some stuff that happened over in Greece or a president's tweets you know what I'm saying so um with, with that being said, I guess when we start to talk about diversification in general, right? Like one, let's break it down real quick. Like what, what does diversification mean to you? Cause to some people it, it, it means different things, right? Like some people think about diversification within asset classes. Some people think about diversification within the same asset class, right? Like when, when you talk about diversification with your group, uh, what does that mean to you? No, nah, great, great question, man. At the end of the day, you look at diversification as a risk mitigation factor, right? And what I mean by that is if you were to own all of the same, you know, sector, right? If you own all of, you know, airlines or cruise line ships or any travel stocks in general in March of 2020, your portfolio would have been down over 70%. Mm -hmm. You'd been sick. You would have been like Coke, you know what I mean? Trying to drive Uber, right? But for me, the way I look at it is like you want to diversify outside of the the actual sector. So you got different sectors that are going to, you know, that are going to perform differently to different uh, news, right? To get an idea, you know, travel sectors went down during COVID-19, but, you know, e-commerce plays, um, consumer staples, you know, th these are the things where people were hoarding, um, you know, toilet paper and stuff. They were shopping at the Target, the Walmarts, et cetera, right? Um, and then obviously Amazon and just tech in general had a very great year. But the idea in general is to diversify your portfolio in a way that if something is down in your portfolio, hopefully something else is up, mm -hmm. right? And now Cope gave a great question and it said, is this, you know, in just different sectors or also across different asset classes? And historically, right, a, a good portfolio would be, you know, if I'm 30 years old, I'm going to have 70% in equities, 30% in bonds, right? Because bonds are a very safe asset, right? And the idea is that the older you get, you don't want to have too many riskier assets because equities, aka stocks, are more risky. Whereas, 
you know, bonds are one of the more safer staple assets, right? Um, in fact, you if you're investing in treasuries, you can't lose money. You got a question? No, I was going to say just just like giving a, a real life example of that. Like the reason why people have, have said, hey, when you're older, you want to kind of get into less risky assets is because, ex ex mm -hmm. for example, if when the pandemic hit in March of 2020, if I was ready to withdraw from my retirement accounts because I needed that money to survive in June of 2020 and the entire market went down 70%, for example, like you said, or 50%, 40%, whatever it may be, that is crushing <laughs> to anybody's psyche and any individual. So the reason why people tend to advise people to say, hey, let's, as we get older, AKA as we are getting closer to the time where we're gonna actually use these assets, we need to not be as risk, risky with them, right? We need to be more risk averse with that money and with the, those investments so that you don't risk potentially losing or taking a, a huge haircut on your portfolio right when you need it. So I just wanted to make sure we emphasize that point so people really get the, okay. Oh, now it makes sense to me. Now you all can be financial advisors. Yeah, no, great point, right? When you starting to pick out, when you starting to pick your portfolio, one of the questions you got to ask yourself is, you know, one, what's your risk tolerance? And two, what is your, your your time horizon, right? What's your investment horizon, right? Like Hope's saying, if you're 30 years old, you got the rest of your life, you know, if you're 20 years old, right? We'll start there. If you're 20 years old, you got the rest of your life to continue to make money. But if you're 70, right, if you're 60, you already close to retirement or already retired. So you don't have the, the you don't want to go back to work and lose your money, right? And therefore, as you get older, the, the type of investments you, you make should be less and less risky, right? That's why you go on Reddit, it's 25-year-old kids with acne on their face still living with their mama saying, I'm putting all $5,000 in Shiba coin, right? That's all I got to my name. Whereas if I'm if I'm a parent, right, I got kids that or I'm trying to retire, et cetera, I'm not trying to make no Shiba, right? I'm trying to buy Apple, I'm trying to buy Microsoft, right? I'm trying to buy maybe some municipal bonds, right? Corporate bonds, and I'm chilling. I want I want safer investments, you know, st stocks and bonds that are not gonna go down quick, right? Like might go up one percent, go down 0.5%, but it's chugging up, going up on average, right? And that's how you really wanna think of it. So for me, at 31 years old, like in my head, I ain't touching no bonds right now. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going straight, you know, equities, all equities. But within equities, I have the staple, right? I'm going to have some index funds, right, which are going to be very safe on average because it's more diversified in general, mm. right? When you think about diversification, there's one to truly be diversified, and that's just owning the entire stock market on average, right? S&P 500, 500, you know, blue chip stocks, mm. right? Then you got NASDAQ, right? You're owning 100 tech companies, right? That's one way, right? And then within that, you could get some of those other, you know, top tech companies or whatnot. Then you might get some other companies, right? And then I might want a small sliver where I do have a decent amount of crypto, but right now crypto been going crazy <laughs> for me. So I might need to take a little crypto out and Ooh, so no, there we go. There we go. Yeah, no, I, I, I love that. And again, I just want people to, to, to understand, like, you have to create your own relationship with this diversification thing, right? Like, I think that sometimes we all feel like, you know, hey, it's, it means asset classes. So now I need to have some stocks and now I got to go find a way to get in real estate and I got to go find a way to get in crypto. Well, well, now you can get that diversification 
through the stock market if you wanted to, right? Like they got ETFs that'll get you into real estate, get you into crypto. They got REITs that you can invest in, all of those things. So again, it's just you finding what works for you, you finding your lane and and running, running down that, that lane, so to speak. So nah, great point, man. Look, you sitting at home, you don't know where to begin. Understand you could get everything on and ain't even gonna say a broker's mm-hmm. name because they ain't paying us mm-hmm. a check yet. But at the end of the day, get your stocks. You could get there's a bond ETF, there's a high yield ETF, right? You could own everything by just buying the actual stocks in general, right? But literally, real estate, like you said, REITs, real estate investment trusts, where you yourself have the ability to get involved in real estate, don't have to worry about rehabbing it or having, you know, some crazy uh, tenants. Right, you know what I mean? The police them been called there, they ain't paying their rent, etc. Nah, you can put your money in a REIT where by law they have to pay out 90% of their profits to all the investors, right? And so so many different ways, you know, like you say, crypto, you don't you like, I don't know, I don't want to download, you know, some other little Coinbase X type <laughs> thing or anything. Like, you know what? You could just buy a crypto ETF, right? At the end of the day, when you put your money to work, man. Portfolio construction is the biggest thing, and that's really how you're going to think about keeping the bag, flipping it, and tumble it. Cope, you gave a great example, right? You, at 23 years old, actually fumbled the bag. Mm. If that would have been your last year in the football, if that would have been your last year in the NFL, you would have been mad. Yep. You would have you would have bounced back because you went to the number one business school in the world that being warden. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, no shit. You know, it's, we got to do the shameless plug, <laughs> but nonetheless... You found a way after fumbling the bag to, you know what, let me use this as a lesson. Right now, I actually know what to do in order to flip it and tumble it moving forward. Because when I worked on Wall Street, the very first thing they said when I was on on a trading desk is, you haven't traded until you lost money. You're never going to learn until you lose money. Right? And now that you lost money, it's like, you know what? And the biggest thing he's saying is what I learned is not that I'm scared of stocks no more. What I heard you say is, you know what? I just wanted to do more research and I want to have more control. Uh, I wanted to do better due diligence. You know what? Real estate gave me that look because you know what? I was able to do better due diligence, right? And I was able to understand that in this market, it was probably Detroit or something at the mm-hmm. time or Detroit. Baltimore at the time. This was an undervalued market. I'm going to buy these cribs and I look in two, three, four, five years from now, they're going to be either cash flow and I'm going to be able to flip it, et cetera, right? And at the end of the day, due diligence is the number one thing you need in any form of investing to make sure you flip it and tumble to bed. Yeah. And, and the final final point I'll add to that is like the the, the beautiful thing I, I love about, you know, speaking frankly, you and I doing this show is we're not afraid to share our, our negative experiences. Right. We, we're comfortable being vulnerable because we've learned from it. We're proud of who we are today, and we hope that other people can learn from it and not have to go through it. Uh, when we, when I relate my personal experience to what we see going on now in the market, uh, that valuable lesson at 23, I was 22, um, taught me, I am okay losing money. I just want to always be able to look back on that experience and be able to say, if I had the same circumstances, it, it, nine times out of 10, I would have made the exact same decision, right? Like yep. that to me is, is investing, that is confidence, that is 
understanding the market and making the decisions. You're going to lose money. You're not always going to make every single Absolutely. shot that you take, but you want to arm yourself and equip yourself with enough information so that you don't have to look back on life with regrets, right? If I look back on, I look back on that decision, and I think I shouldn't have invested that much money. The call was great. The stock did what it was supposed to do. It just took longer after it, you know, came back from the overall market going down, right? The, 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 the idea was right. The, the investment decision and the allocation that I made towards it, completely wrong, right? So that's mm -hmm. what I want us all to just take from that experience is like, if you, can you really say if you put all your money in Squid Game coin, whatever it's called, and, and you lost your money, can you really say at, at 20 years later, you would look back and say, hey, I would do it again? Because I really love the Squid Game series that much, right? Or would you look back yeah. and think, like, what the hell was I thinking, right? There's so many other assets that I would have feel more comfortable being in that I felt like would have a better upside. But if they lost, like, if I lose money on Apple, I, again, I don't want to lose money on Apple. Apple, y'all keep keep working your ass off over there. Don't, don't play around. But ultimately, I can look back and be like, look, I mean, if I have to take a bet, I'm probably going to bet on this company again. So... I think that's the, the biggest thing we talk about due diligence, as you mentioned earlier, is like, for me, it's also just about being confident in those decisions uh, because they, they, they ripple effect. Like that 30K, if I, if I, if I only sure. put in eight, right, and I got the rest, but I got that lesson by, by losing that 8K, like that, that 22, I done, I done flipped that bad boy right now. That's, we, we done flipped that. We, we in a different... You know, we on a different level with that. So yep. again, it's just learning, and hopefully, we all can continue to learn from from our own experiences. I won't even say mistakes. That's a fact, man. And you already know that's how we wrap up, man. Make sure you protect in the bag and actually invest in it, actually build the bag. At the end of the day, man, don't fumble the bag. Don't make bad investments. Don't go broke trying to look cool. You know what I mean? Don't go broke trying to pop a lot of bottles. You could do it. You could do it. But at the end of the day. You need money to make money. So once you make money, put a little to the side and use that to start investing. Then you can use the rest of the money to have fun, live flashy, et cetera. But don't go broke by fumbling the bag. Man. Mm. Like they say, the the best offense is a great defense, right? And and I think when you think of yes, diversification, sir. that is putting the moat around your house. Stocks might be down one day, but the real estate might be up, right? Real estate might be up mm -hmm. having a great year. Stocks might be uh, a little mild, right? So. Ultimately, diversification is defense. Let's think of it like that. So with that being said, we mm -hmm. need y'all. We need y'all. We need y'all. If you love the information that you're hearing, we need you to throw us a like. We need you to subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, Apple. Go ahead, download this bad boy. Send it to your friend, your cousin, your auntie, that person that you don't like. You know, let's put financial literacy. Let's make sure we get money music culture out to everybody. We're trying to bring everybody on, bring everybody on this journey. So with that being said, my dog Ross Mack, appreciate you as always, brother. Money Music Culture, you already Double know. MC. We'll see y'all next time.